sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. I like tacos. Mañana viernes, ma sábado y domingo estaré atendiendo.
and welcome to episode 21 of Black Shirt Mixtape. I'll be your host on the Sonic Journey. My name is Jesse. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 20. Oh, this is 21. This is 21. We we can take this uh, podcast out for a drink now uh, if anybody wants to. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 20. Uh, I had a really awesome guest, um, uh, Katie, a.k.a. Later Skatey. Uh, from the Instagram vinyl community was on. We played some really awesome tracks uh, from really focused on the Pacific Northwest area where she lives and also some really cool stuff from the UK. Tonight, it's just me. Um, and I've got a, a grab bag of tracks um, that I'm going to play for you. Uh, I've got some really neat theme, some more themed stuff coming up. Um, I've got a, an all Rick, Ru- uh, Rick Rubin episode. Um, where we're going to play tracks that Rick Rubin has produced over his career because the dude's pretty much, he, he's a god when it comes to producing albums, and he's done a lot. Um, I've got some more guests from the Instagram community, um, and I, I just put together a um, an all-Foo Fighters playlist, but not the hits, like more of like the tracks that don't get a lot of love, um, and I was inspired after listening to their new record, Medicine at Midnight, which if you haven't checked it out yet, it's fantastic. You know, I mean, the Foo Fighters, you're, the Foo Fighters are, are, they're just a great rock band. You know, they, they incorporate some great 70s, some great 70s uh, grooves in there. I'm sure Taylor Hawkins, our drummer, was stoked about that. But I mean, they just don't put out, they put out a couple of eh records, but that was a long time ago. Uh, their last uh, couple albums are spot on. So um, tonight, um, we're just going to play some random tracks that I've been that I've been digging some, mostly these are old. I don't think I have any new stuff on here, but um, we kicked off the show with uh, a song called Straight Lines by a group called Silverchair. Um, so Australian group, they came to uh, to fame and fortune when they were teens with that song Tomorrow, and everybody's like, eh, you guys are a Nirvana, Nirvana ripoff band. Well, they actually aren't. Um, and that was off of uh, 2007's Young Modern, and that sadly was their last album. I think it was their last album. Um, but I, I, I really love that. I love that track. I love that album. And it was really, uh, kind of showcasing where the band was going to go next. Um, it was produced by Lick, uh, Lick. <laughs> I should start the show over, but I'm not going to, we're going to power through, uh, with all of my ears tonight. So that was produced by Nick Launay. Uh, he's actually a really fantastic producer. He's done stuff with Gang of Four, uh, Arcade Fire, um, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, uh, Idols, which made a debut or or they debuted on my um, top 20 albums of 2020. Um, If you guys haven't uh, listened to that, you should. It's pretty interesting. Um, And I think we're going to move into, um, we're going to move into some Cure now. So I love the Cure. I mean, who doesn't? I was in a Cure cover band. I had my buddy Corey White on a couple episodes ago where we did all ska. We talked about ska, played a lot of ska, um, but we were also in a Cure cover band when we were younger. Um, you know, I, I, I love, I love the journey of the band. Like for me, it's all about the journey. Um, and 1985's Ahead on the Door was a pretty interesting pivot for them. Uh, they went, they went pop, poppier. Um, uh, Robert Smith wrote all the tracks. Uh, he brought Simon Gallup back in on bass. Really, really great, um, great record. And I'm going to play a track called Six Different Ways. And I was reminded of this, how much I love this song um, after it appeared on um, it was, uh, on the soundtrack for 2002's uh, uh, Rules of Attraction, which uh, was a movie, um, was Brett Easton Ellison, great author. 
Um, he wrote American Psycho, Less Than Zero, uh, both great movies. Um, and this movie was didn't do so well, but I still love it. Um, and they play this track uh, six different ways on it. Um, and, and I was thinking about this. It's kind of a side note. So, you, you know, uh, my other podcast um, that I have, Tacos and Turntables, we talk a lot about pop culture and movies. We're big uh, Marvel fans, and we always talk a lot about the MCU, right? The Marvel Cinematic Universe and kind of how there's a bunch of crossovers. In this movie, in, in uh, Rules of Attraction, the main character's name is Sean Bateman, and he's the brother of Patrick Bateman, who is the main character in American Psycho. They never really did anything with it. There were no crossovers, but they... I, I like to think that these two exist in the same timeline. Uh, if you haven't checked the movie out, you should. I kind of dig it. Uh, it's a little spotty, but uh, there's some interesting performances uh, by James Vanderbeek and a bunch of other people. So uh, let's check out Six Different Ways by The Cure.
such a great song. So I've played Supergrass before on this show. Um, that was actually off of 2002's um, record, Life on Other Planets. It's a, tr a song called um, Seen the Light. And it was the first record to feature uh, Gaz Coombs. He's the lead singer. It's his brother, Rob, uh, came on and joined them officially as a keyboard player, piano player, all that good stuff. Um, so I, I just like that record. It's very loose. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're self-titled, uh, see lots of errors tonight. Their self-titled record prior to this, um, I think lacked a little bit of focus. Um, and this one actually, uh, they recorded this in the South of France. It was supposed to be a holiday. Um, uh, but you know how that ends up going. You bring all your gear and you record a really good record. So, um, if you haven't checked out Supergrass, you definitely should. Um, they're a really fun band and I think that they were going to get together and tour again, and then uh, COVID hit, so I know that's on hold. And and I just learned um, recently, and I don't know how, this is the rabbit hole of um, the internet. Uh, I learned that their drummer, Danny Goffey, is the stepfather of, um, what's the lead singer? Uh, Gavin Rossdale's uh, daughter, uh, Daisy, from his, well, I guess he had her out of wedlock. But anyway, long story short, Daisy's mom married Danny, who was the drummer for Supergrass. So there you go. That's your trivia uh, for episode 21. Um, let's take a little journey back to 2005. Um, Tracy Bonham uh, released an album that I really like called Blink the Brightest. Now, Tracy Bonham uh, got some um, notoriety in 1996 uh, when her debut album, um, The Burdens of Being Upright, was released, and she had a huge hit. Uh, called Mother Mother. I'm sure you guys remember it. Really great track. And then she kind of bounced around from record labels. I think she ended up getting dropped and then picked up by another label and just just a bunch of stuff that just n never really, uh, she wasn't really able to kind of recapture the commercial success that she got with her debut, but she kept putting out really great records that, you know, unfortunately, I mean, a wider audience was not available to her. Um, but uh, I love this record um, and I really love this track. Uh, it's called Eyes. Um, and before I forget, and I'm totally, I'm sagging back a little bit, but if you like uh, Silver Chair, you should really check out, uh, there's a great podcast actually called Silver Chair, Silver Chair Podcast, um, and they go through the entire history of the band. I meant to mention them earlier, um, but I forgot. Um, but I will tag them um, when I post this, and I'll put them in the show notes. But uh, Silver Chair Podcast for that. For now, uh, here is Tracy Bonham in Eyes. <laughs>
cancer She shows you her wounds And you think that you know her well Can't think of one place That you'd rather be Ain't nothing you need to like That's a great song. So that was Divine Fits. Um, so lead singer, Britt Daniel from Spoon. Uh, guitarist, singer, uh, Dan Bachner from uh, Wolf Parade. And uh, drummer Sam Brown from the New Bomb Turks got together in 2012 and recorded this record. It's great. They've only put one out. I mean, so you've just got Wolf Parade and Spoon, really. I mean, what a great combination of of hooks. Uh, it, it's a great record if you haven't uh, dove into it. It's called A Thing Called... Uh, Divine Fits. Um, I have a funny story um, about this band. So they, um, you know, I live in Dallas and there is every, typically every summer, um, Tim DeLauder, uh, who is a local fixture here. He started Tripping Daisy. He also started Polyphonic Spree, two really great bands. Uh, he also owns Good Records. Um, he organizes a really neat uh, uh, concert called Homegrown. Uh, and they usually host it in downtown Dallas. It was fantastic. The year that I went, I think it was 2013, um, and Divine Fits were playing. And I dragged my friend Dr uh, James down with me. And um, after the show, you know, after Divine Fits played, um, we were standing at the front, and I kind of was calling over one of the security guards trying to get his attention. And after about five minutes of yelling, he finally came over, and I'm like, hey, do me a favor. Can you go back and tell Britt that I need to talk to him? And he's looking at me like, who? And I'm like, Britt Daniel, the lead singer, tall guy, red hair. And he was like, okay, I'm like tell him Jesse's waiting. He needs to talk to him. 
Now, I, I know you're all probably listening and you're either laughing or you're just rolling your eyes going like, who does this guy think he is? But I will say that I was not in the right frame of mind at that, at that point in time. Uh, um, thankfully, I'm on a different path now. But um, anyway, about 10 minutes go by and Britt Daniel walks out with an extremely confused look on his face like, who is Jesse and what is going on here? Um, and I came out, he came out, I introduced myself, I apologize for being a jackass. We took a picture and then he left and I, ha I have to, I'll see if I can put it up. I'll have to find it and I'll attach it to this episode. But yeah, I was a total jackass and uh, got Britt Daniel to come uh, from backstage out front to come take a picture with me. Um, so I think the only natural thing that we can do now is, um, honestly, is play some Doobie Brothers. What do you think? Uh, they recently, uh, actually last year were inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. I think it was last year and, um, they couldn't obviously have the award ceremony. So they did these really neat mini documentaries about each band, like Depeche Mode got it, uh, got, uh, got in. Um, that was, uh, scary to see them cause they're all looking like old women now. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend any, uh, DM fans, but Anyway, uh, the documentary on the Doobie Brothers was so interesting because it, it, it really is a tale of two bands, right? They had success with two different singers um, and they really had two different styles. I mean, it was all rooted in the same Americana, uh, but, you know, the second half of their career with Michael McDonald was really more of like a blues, uh, a blues and soul uh, band as opposed to like, you know, more alt country leaning Um uh, and bluegrass stuff that that uh, the Doobies used to do in the first half. So um, I, I started, obviously, dove back into their catalog um, because they're just fantastic songwriters. And I was reminded how much I love this track, uh, which is uh, called It Keeps You Running off of Taking It to the Streets.
See, doesn't that make up for my idiotic story about meeting uh, Britt Daniel uh, at the Divine's Fit Show? I thought so. Uh, so that was Doobie Brothers. Uh, it keeps you running. Uh, and I, I, it, it's been used in a bunch of movies, most notably um, Forrest Gump, when he goes through his, his jogging journey uh, back and forth across the United States. But I'm determined to find out. It, it, I swear to God, it's in another movie where the main character is like, he's running somewhere and it's like, He's extremely upset and he's trying to find, I think, either his girlfriend or his kid and the camera is like spinning around and I don't know. I hope it's not out of my imagination. I hope it really exists, but I've been combing the internet and I can't find anything. So I, I might, uh, I'm, I'm starting to think that it might be my own psychosis. Uh, not really sure. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, the Cock 2 Twins. So if you're not familiar with them, they, uh, they're not around anymore. They were uh, active from 1979 to, I believe, 1997. Uh, they're Scottish. And they really um, they took some of their, their influences, such as Susie and the Banshees, uh, New Order, um, and they really turned it into, uh, I think it's really almost a subgenre, I'd say, of alternative music uh, called, um, um, called Dream Pop. Um, it's just, uh, the lead singer, uh, Elizabeth Fraser, her voice is just so ethereal. Um, and they had success right out of the gate with their debut album. Um, and really, really hit their stride, uh, in 1990 with this fantastic record, uh, called heaven or Las Vegas. And sadly they broke up. I think it was one or two albums after that they split. Um, but Liz Fraser actually, um, did some great guest work, um, uh, on a band called, uh, if you've ever heard of Massive Attack, um, on their album Mezzanine. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs, a song called Teardrop. Um, but before that, they put out uh, this really great record uh, called Heaven or Las Vegas. And I'm going to play you one of my favorite tracks off the record. Um, that's called Cherry Colored Funk.
that song just brings me right back to high school no joke uh that was haunted when the minutes drag by love and rockets before that we had um a great song so i play a lot of gorillas on this show i play a lot of damon albarn on this show whether it's blur his solo stuff gorillas i mean you'd think that i'm a bigger fan of him than i am of radiohead maybe i am i don't know um but that was a one of my favorite songs uh, of theirs called suk Ai. 
uh, and it, it's off of 2018's The Now Now. Um, it's a very, that album is very lean. Not a lot of guest vocalists or guest stars on it. I think Snoop Dogg does a track, but I just love the melancholia of that track. Um, I mean, that, that's a big component in, in Albarn's uh, songwriting style. Uh, you know, some of their, some of Blur's best tracks, uh, you know, spend a lot of time in that melancholia. And I, I just, it's a beautiful song. It's actually, a, it's a, it's a, it's a track about Los Angeles. Um, he's singing to LA as if it was a woman um, or a lover, uh, either way. Um, but I, I think it's a brilliant song and um, I'm not sorry that I included it. I'll keep playing more gorillas for you. I hope you guys like that. Um, okay, so let's talk about Love and Rockets. So 1983 rolls around and uh, Bauhaus, um, who was a pioneering band on the goth rock scene, they break up. And uh, Peter Murphy, their lead singer, goes solo. And the remaining members of the band, uh, Daniel Ash, David Jay, and Kevin Haskins, uh, they go on to form Love and Rockets and end up having more commercial success than Bauhaus did. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's the exact same scenario that happened with Joy Division and New Order. Joy Division came on the scene, super pioneering band, uh, lead singer hangs himself, um, Ian Curtis, and then the remaining members of the band go on to form New Order and become massively successful. Um, that track was from their debut album called Seventh Dream of a Teenage Heaven, uh, of Teenage Heaven, and I love that track, Haunted When the Minutes Drag. I'm, I'm pretty sure I put it on a million mixtapes that I never ever sent out for all the unrequited loves that I had in high school. I had a lot. I pined for a lot of, a lot of girls. Um, another great track on that debut album, they actually did a cover of Ball of Confusion, um, the Motown track. Uh, I believe it was by the Temptations or the Four Tops, one of them. I'll have to fact check myself after the show. Um, anyway, they, they, uh, Love and Rockets, uh, you know, in 1989 had a huge hit with So Live. Um, I don't think that they're together anymore. I think they were, I think a lot of bands like, just like were trying to do reunion tours and then the pandemic hit and, uh, unfortunately weren't able to do anything. So, uh, hopefully they'll be able to, um, to regroup and play some shows. I'd love to see that. I'm kind of hoping that when this all clears up that we will be, all be so broke because we're going to a million shows. Like every band that wasn't able to tour is going to go out and I would be more than happy to give all my money to live shows. Um, that's an industry that we're going to have to give a lot of love to when, when the coast is clear. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about squeeze. Um, I don't know if I've played squeeze on the show before. I love squeeze. I, I their, their compilation album singles, uh, 45s and under is a must own. If you don't own it, it's got tempted on it. Um, cool for cats. If I didn't love you coffee, black coffee in bed. I mean, just a great run of singles that they had in the eighties. Um, they took a little break and then they regrouped minus, um, some key members, uh, namely Jules Holland, uh, who was their, their keyboardist. Uh, he went on to do some great solo work and also, uh, he launched a fantastic show called later, with Jules, Jules Holland. It was a live music show. Um, I don't know if it's still around, but hundreds of great performances by bands from all over the world. Uh, he's a really talented um, uh, pianist and composer. Um, but for this record, they actually brought in Steve Naive, who was Elvis Costello's uh, piano and keyboard player in the attractions. And uh, they, they regrouped 
for this record. Uh, it's called Play. Get it? Squeeze Play. Do you see the alliteration there? Um, so uh, this is one of my favorites. I'm a big, um, I'm a big production buff. Uh, so I did an episode uh, a couple episodes ago with uh, um, uh, Paul Jarman uh, from the Instagram Vinyl community, and we talked a lot about how production is really important. Uh, Tony Berg uh, produced this record. He's done stuff with Michael Penn, uh, Edie Burkell, uh, P.I.L., uh, which is John Lydon's band after the Sex Pistols, Amy Mann, a host of other a host of of uh, of other bands. Uh, but the production work on this record is unbelievable. Um, I'm trying to find it on vinyl. It's really hard. Um, but if you listen to this on a really good sound system in your car or headphones or at home, it's great. Um, the album didn't do all that well in the UK. It did pretty good in the States. Um, uh, but it, 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 uh, so the title squeeze play, obviously a joke there, but it is actually uh, formatted like a play. Um, so it, it's got two meanings on it. It's got some central characters that kind of run through the, uh, dissolving of a relationship. Um, it's a really great album. Uh, if you haven't, if you're a fan of Squeeze, I'm sure you already know. If you're not, you should definitely check it out. Uh, this is a track called Wicked and Cruel.
was created and the love is how I hope I die. Oh, yeah, it wasn't love I was created and the love is how I hope I die. Oh, I, yeah, it wasn't love I was created and the love is how I hope I die. That's definitely one guy that needs to come out with another record. That's Paolo Nutini uh, and a wonderful track called Coming Up Easy off his sophomore record, uh, Sunny Side Up. Uh, so he he came onto the scene in uh, 2006, I want to say, uh, with his debut album, These Streets. Uh, they had a great song called These uh, These Shoes. I think it's called These Shoes. Um, and then a couple of years later, he put that record out, which was a little bit of departure. He's got more, he's got horns in it. He's got, um, a little bit more of a, of an organic sound than his first record. Love it. Uh, absolutely brilliant, uh, album. If you're not into him, you should definitely check him out. Um, I think we're actually at the end, uh, of episode 21. This was a good one. I, I do apologize. I, some of the songs were not introed in the way I wanted to. I was just getting so lost in the music. I think I wasn't really paying attention to, um, you know, uh, mixing in and out. Cause I do these shows live. I don't really do very many, uh, overdubs after that's kind of like the fun of it is to do it on the fly. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and as always, if you're so inclined, please check out my other, uh, podcast. It's uh, more pop culture. It's called tacos and turntables. We just dropped uh, an episode where we talk about, uh, Marvel's WandaVision. Uh, we also talk about, um, Apple TV's Ted Lasso which is a phenomenal show uh, starring Jason Sadukas, and also our favorite concerts um, that we've been to throughout our lives. There's some really interesting stories there, so you should definitely check it out. Um, I think I'm going to close everything out today with some John Mayer. So I'm a, I, I am an unapologetic John Mayer fan. I get a lot of flack from my friends, but he's a brilliant guitar player, a great songwriter, um, and I just, I, I love, again, I, I said this many times before, I love the journey that that um, as a fan, you take with an artist uh, as they go through different phases in their career. Uh, and I'm gonna play a track, uh, it's called In Repair off of his uh, album Continuum. Um, and this was an album that I really got into later on. Um, for me, um, Heavier Things is still my favorite album of his uh, along with, um, well, it's kind of hard to say now because he's got so many great records, but uh, Continuum took a moment uh, for me to kind of uh, gel with, but this is one of my favorite songs on it. So uh, enjoy, uh, stay safe out there, and always remember to be kind to each other because it's free.
orientación. Vamos con la primera pregunta. Muy. Piedras renales, piedras en. Eh, bueno.